Hey, it's Kate. This holiday week, I'm bringing you some episodes on how to strengthen your partnership because you know what holidays mean? Lots of together time and lots of chores, which means lots of opportunities to drive each other crazy. These episodes ought to help. And it doesn't go without saying, I'm so grateful to have you here. What if you could become a better person, not by working harder, but by allowing your inherent goodness to take the lead? And not because you're a bad person, but because there's something inside you that's ready for more. How to be a better person gives you one tiny step a day you can take to be the person you want to be. My mission? To help you keep growing. Hey, it's Kate Hanley. I'm your host and the author of the book called How to Be a Better Person, which has a whole section dedicated to this week's theme, which is being a better partner. I'm sharing five of my favorite tips in this week's episodes, but if you want more, much more, check out the book wherever books are sold. There's one thing that I wish I could wave my magic wand and everyone would stop doing in their relationships, and that is keeping score. I get that having an equitable division of labor is a compelling idea whose time has come. I know why the myth of a fair division of labor exists in the first place, because it doesn't exist now. Women still do substantially more work around the house and with the kids than men do. In America, women do over an hour of housework more a day than men. In England, women do 60% more housework than men. Even in Finland, where they have apparently figured everything out, including education and family leave, women still do 45 minutes a day of housework than men. Absolutely, I want women everywhere to free themselves from this heavier load. But here's the thing. By seeking to keep things equal, you've got to keep score. And keeping score keeps you stuck in a dynamic where one of you is winning and one of you is losing. And that's not a healthy place for a relationship to be in. This is an idea that's really personal for me. And I spent the first couple years of our marriage and relationship fairly obsessed with who was doing what. And I always seemed to be the one who was losing. I wrote a blog post called How I Stopped Hating My Husband and You Can Too in 2013. And it clearly touched a nerve. You may have heard me talk about it before. Nine years later, and it continues to be the source of two-thirds of my web traffic and still is getting comments. You can read the original post on my blog at katehanley.com slash blog, and then search for How I Stopped Hating My Husband. The gist of that post is that I used to get righteously annoyed by my husband pretty much every night after I had knocked myself out to cook a nutritious and delicious dinner and he didn't do the dishes to the level of completion that I wanted. I mean, he put the dishes in the dishwasher and the pots in the sink and filled them with warm, soapy water, and that's about where he'd peter out. And it used to drive me crazy that he wasn't also knocking himself out to do the best job he could possibly do. I'd come into the living room after maybe going to the bathroom or checking on the kids after they'd gone to bed, and the kitchen would be not totally clean, and he'd be on the couch watching TV and just having a grand old time, and man, I hated him in those moments. I know you know the feeling I'm talking about. In the How I Stopped Hating My Husband and You Can Too post, I detailed how I gradually shifted my thinking and my own energy over the course of about a year. 
And now dishes are just not a thing we fight about and they get done to a level of completion that I am totally happy with. Sometimes I even do them myself, even though it's not my turn. Not often, but sometimes. And it wasn't because I lost my shit and yelled at my husband or gave him a talking to or threatened to leave. I changed what I had the power to change, which is myself. And that shift gave my husband an opening to change too. He walked through that opening all on his own. Again, you can read the details in the post, but the takeaway that I was left with after this whole process is that we have to stop keeping score in our relationship. I've got some thoughts on fairness and your tiny assignment right after this quick break. Welcome back. Okay, listen, fairness as a concept is nice. It can help guide you to compromise, which I believe in. But as I've been telling my kids since they were old enough to feel like they were getting the short end of the stick, life isn't fair. It's not. Having an expectation that life should be fair is only going to create your own suffering because you and your happiness will be attached to an idea that is false. The truth is, sometimes you simply have to bear more of the responsibility. Like after my husband broke his ankle and couldn't even get off the couch to pee. He used a pee bottle, something that became my responsibility to empty. And there was no getting around the fact that every kid pickup, meal cooked, plate cleaned, and sidewalk shoveled became my responsibility. If I were obsessed with keeping score, that reality would have been a whole lot harder to swallow. And having to empty his pee bottle was tough enough to accept. When you're in pursuit of fairness, you're also secretly keeping score. It's just part of the equation as you scan for what's fair and what's not fair. And it's exhausting to keep tabs on who did what. That's a lot of keeping track that eats up a lot of energy. Even when your chores get split right down the middle that day, or you came out ahead by spending less time on household stuff than your spouse did, you're still going to be scanning for the next opportunity where you lose. I absolutely don't believe that women should be the one to do the lion's share of the work around the house or with the kids, but the idea that we should even be aiming for a 50-50 split of household responsibility, at least within a partnered relationship where you live together, If you're divorced, I can see a 50-50 split because it's like three days with you, three days with them, three days with you, three days with them. makes more sense. But if you're living together and you're constantly sharing everything, I think that a 50-50 split is a myth and that it keeps us unhappy. So let's rewrite the ideal of household division of labor from a scale that's evenly distributed to more of a seesaw. Sometimes it's balanced. Sometimes you're up, sometimes you're up a lot, sometimes you're down, and sometimes you're down all the way. Who does more can vary from moment to moment. Maybe you have a busy week, or he has a busy week, or you have to take care of a sick parent, or who even knows what can happen. But so long as you're both cooperating and communicating, the fluctuation is kind of fun. Again, the thing that is crucial to making that seesaw ride enjoyable is communication. Whenever I get that heavy, burdened feeling that too much of the household work is falling on me. That's my cue that it's time to speak up and share my experience with my husband. He always, always responds favorably when I come from a place of, I love you, but this is really bugging me. How can we make this better? Or even just, hey, babe, there's a bunch of stuff coming up. Let's figure out how to handle it. It's such a different story from when we were first married and I would come at it more from a place of, hey, bucko, when are you going to do these dishes? 
As you go through the process of deciding who should do what and what division of labor feels right to the two of you, consider this. Maybe neither one of you has to do it. Maybe you can pay someone a nominal amount to do it for you. Maybe you patronize the wash and fold laundry or hire a cleaning person or pay a teen with a new driver's license to run errands for you. Then you don't have to fight about it. You don't have to spend your time on it. And someone else gets to support themselves doing something that they enjoy doing. And that's a win-win. I do understand the realities of a household budget, but I think you do have to factor into the equation, not just the dollars that you would spend, but also just the pressure and the point of contention that you remove from your relationship. Also, consider how you may need to step back and let your partner do things their way without your judging them. Or think about what things you may have taken on that they have no idea that you're even doing. As much as one partner may need to step up more, the other partner may need to step back. Your tiny assignment is to pick just one way to get some more movement in your seesaw of household labor. Do you need to have a talk with a light tone where you relate your experience and ask them how they can help instead of waiting until you get so frustrated that all you can do is yell? Can you let your partner do their chores in their own way without complaining or criticizing? Can you simply visualize what it might look like to let go of the idea of fairness and see your division of labor more as a seesaw? I realize I'm talking about a big shift, and big shifts can start with small steps. I hope you'll find one small step to take today. And come back tomorrow when I'm asking the question, did COVID prematurely age your relationship? How to Be a Better Person's theme song, Left for Deadish, is by Junior85. The episodes are mixed by Sound Advice Strategies. If you liked what you heard in this episode, share it with someone you think would like it too. Your voice matters. Also, How to Be a Better Person has an official newsletter that sends the past five episodes and a well-chosen meme to your inbox every weekend. Sign up at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com and click on Get Podcast News. I also love to hear from listeners. I mean, I love it. Send me an email by clicking on the Contact Kate button at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com or you can tweet me at Kate W. Hanley. Don't forget the W. Or find me on Instagram at Kate Hanley Author. I look forward to connecting with you. 